Shev said that we're, we're, we're in, we, we started Seif Tess, which in the little one is on page Shlamid what? Lamed Zayin. Thank you. And in the old one is on page Tess above. There's also a page that I gave you last week, and I hope you have. talking about <coughs> we're learning about everything about everything about kol lesechsa kolba bakol mikol kol the midah of tanuk ha'etzisel Rav Kook explains the pasuk v'zadoma shenesatolano shchazal tell us that the brachas in Gashmi is of ha'etzisel Talu Motiv Laudais Behema Eretz Zovas Cholovadvash. The Brochus of Eretz is selling Gashmis, the physical blessings of the land. We were talking last week a lot about the Indian of Cholov. We didn't speak yet so much about Devash, we'll get to that. We spoke more about the Indian of Cholov. What's the Brochus of Eretz Cholov? And the Midah of Tanuk, the Tanuk that a baby has being nursed by his mother. That the Midah of Yesoid, which is the Midah of Tanuk, that was the weeks of Shaivavim. That Midah of Tanuk, of delight, of pleasure, fills Eretz Yisrael. Fills Eretz Yisrael of Hashem Berchus Avon Bakol. Bakol is the Midah El Yoyna of Yesoid that we spoke about, Vitin's Kolash Shaloi. Yitzchak. And that's the Brach of Eretzisol, Leisechsar Kol Ba. Leisechsar Kol Ba. This Koch of Kol, this Koch of Kol, of Tanuk. Not talking about Chalila, a physical pleasure that's separated from, that's separated from the Ruchnius, from the spiritual pleasure. But when those two worlds joined together where physical reality is where physical reality is experienced as something which is a spiritual delight as well that's the meat of Leisachsa Kolba and therefore if Cook explains we were learning last week if Cook explains that all of these physical brachas that we see in the Torah, particularly in Pasha's Eikiv, that's where we were talking a little bit last week, all of these physical brachas of Eretz Yisrael are describing that the ultimate tachlis is not that Jews should live lives of deprivation, of poverty, being unhealthy, but rather, <coughs> the bracha of Eretz Zavos Cholovodvash is that the tachlis of Am Yisrael is to live in our land in a healthy way, to be healthy and to be strong and to have what we need and, and to be able to know what to do with what we have. But this bracha of Eretz Zavos Cholovodvash, Rav Cook explains, this is something that is, that is not for everybody. 
because as we were talking about last week, when a person or when a nation is unprepared for such for such an outpouring of Hashem's brachas. And as we know, and we've learned so many times, there could be a Shvir Sakaylam. Like with many primitive people, that we were talking about this last week, that primitive people, when they get certain brachas and gashmias, it destroys them. They don't know what to do with it. They can't live with those brachas. They're not ready for it. They're not... Wealth, wealth, <coughs> Tanug, what, what could be, what is a Tanug for a person who's prepared for that and is able to use it in a proper way? That leads that that helps that person live what Rav calls Chaye Hashal a life of tranquility and pleasure. For another person, it's his downfall. Mamish destroys him. The world will destroy him. So we're we're in the middle of the third paragraph. Let's just read it again. Aval Am Nala Begoy Kodesh. Rav Kook in the paragraph before was talking about how the Brach of Hashem, when it's in the wrong hands, brings to laziness to neglect, which often happens to people when they have when they have physical things and they, they're not the room hamilas, it destroys them. Avalam that's where we just we just started that paragraph last week. however, an exalted nation, a holy nation. It's only proper for an exalted nation to live a life of Achavas Adas. Achavas Adas. And we spoke about that a little bit last week, like, like, like the Gemara says. Isha Noim, Dira Kalim Noim, Machivan Daitashal Beauty, physical beauty, when it's used properly, is Machiv Daitashal Adam. It brings to an expansive spirit. It brings to a it brings a person to a place of town of kol. Hachavas adas, lo alechem levado kim al birkas hashem. Chayi hatanug anilkach latorelus remus anefesh. When chayi hatanug, when a life of a life that includes physical pleasure, when that is used for the sake of remus anefesh to lift up the spirit. It lifts up the entire nation, lifts up the people. As a sign of the elevated status of the nation, that ultimately we will reach that state. The Torah comes and promises us in many places. That the land will be blessed with physical, with physical beauty and physical bounty. That the land itself will be blessed, which we see Chazal speak about the Kate Hamagula in a very clear and obvious way. That that the and I mentioned this last week that that Eretz did not give that to the enemies who were there. Does not provide that to the foreigners who are occupying her soil. Does not give that. Echesel only, only gives her brachas to her chasen, to Amisel. Doesn't give it to foreigners, to strangers, to Ayvdev Adazara, to Rishayim. Doesn't open her arms and doesn't give forth her bracha to, 
to un- anyone other than Am Yisrael. Ba haftach the promise ki artsem tiyavrucha eret zavas chalu v'dvash. Uboi zen nisbasur ha'avas. And the others were told about this, and they were given this sign. And the others were told that their descendants would be great people. That the spiritual bracha of Hashem will become stronger in them, will increase and become stronger by living a life of tranquility and pleasure. Most of the world is brought down by a life of tranquility and pleasure, into laziness, into selfishness, into hedonism, and so on. That's what happens, to the mo- that's what happens in most of the world when tranquility and physical pleasure become a way of life. The world is brought down. Hashem Zubach is telling the obvious that you should know that you're going to have such children, such grandchildren, that they're going to be able to live in Eretz Yisrael, which is Eretz Zavas Cholov which is flowing with milk and honey, which means all physical brachas will be will be given to them. And not only will it not bring them down, Chalila, <coughs> it'll bring them up. It'll bring them up. <coughs> so, of course, what's sad is that over the generations and the years of Gorlis, we picked up a lot of bad stuff. That wrong choices have been made over the generations. And as a result of these terrible choices, that of course was not our fault to a large extent because of the circumstances of, of, of life in Gorlis, we have seen the fulfillment, the unfortunate fulfillment of a different pasuk in Dvarim, where it says, that you will eat and you'll become full and fat. And you will turn to other gods. So this unfortunately has happened. I mentioned to you in the past that the Chayzim of Linschus says on the Pasuk in, in Eishis Chal, V'atakam v'ayid layla, v'atitan teref leveysa v'chayk l'na'areysa. That the Eishis Chal gets up while it's still night to give food to her family, to take care of her family, to give bracha to her family. And the Chayzim of who you know had very wondrous eyes. So the Chayzef Lublin said that before Mashiach comes, because of all the tsarists that Amisel is going to have to go through until that time when Mashiach comes, that right before Mashiach comes, the Chayzef said the Jewish people are going to be blessed with unbelievable physical wealth and blessings. They're going to have tremendous wealth and tranquility and peace before Mashiach comes. And that's the Shechina will get up while it's still night, before Mashiach, while it's still goes, at the end of the night, 
And she will give out tremendous brachas. Because she has Rachmanis on Am Yisrael after all of these years. So before Mashiach comes, the Chayzer said, The Shekhinah will arise while it's still night, at the end of the night. And give, and give, and give to her children. That's us. So the, the Chayzer said that he looked in the future and he saw that before Mashiach comes that the Jewish people will have physical prosperity. Much, much, much infinitely greater than it's ever been in the past. Can't compare to what we've had, to what we've been through in the past, to, to the prosperity that we have now. But unfortunately, with that prosperity, when we're not on the madrega that we need to be, and due to the influence of all of these years of being away from who we're supposed to be and where we're supposed to be, this sad posik has been fulfilled. For Ochal, the Jews are eating, meaning not just eating food, but they're enjoying financial prosperity, and they're enjoying quiet tranquility. And instead of using that in the way that Rav Kook is describing until now, the way the others were, were told, instead we, we become we become damaged. And, and the physical prosperity, you know, the, the little boy from the village or the little girl from the village makes it to Hollywood or something. And we become destroyed. And we turn to foreign gods. We turn away from HaKadosh Baruch The Torah says that that's going to be part of our experience before Mashiach comes. So on the one hand, there'll be tremendous bracha that will descend into our lives both in Golis and in Yisrael but, but at the same time we're not yet entirely ready for that and there will be this struggle is the prosperity going to bring us closer to Hashem is it going to bring us closer to Kaddish Baruch Hu, or is it going to take us further away so yesh v'yesh Mikomakom, Zosi of Cook, of course, is always optimistic. Mikomakom, Zosi Machala Iveris. Nevertheless, this is a this is a it's a sickness, but it's a machla iveris. It's not a terminal sickness. It's not, God forbid. It's a passing. It's a virus. It passes. It's not terminal. A virus. A virus, not Yehina. A virus, a virus. <laughs> yeah. It's a virus. But it's a machloi virus. It's a machloi virus. It passes. Vihitis akel ayedet seruf hagolius. And it's going to be digested, meaning it's going to, it's going to be <coughs> burned away. I did Sarah Agolius through the catharsis of exile. The Kur Hatsaras, like in Mitzrayim, we were in the Kur Habarzah, the melting pot. The melting pot, not uh, not the way that it's used in modern terminology, but Pasha Tetzaras. The tsaras, 
because of all the tzaras that we've gone through. The Rav Kook says, have humbled us. Have humbled us. And have burned away the dependency to a large extent that <coughs> we that one that, that a person has or that the nation has on physical things. We've learned over the over time, while a Jew enjoys physical <coughs> prosperity as much as anybody, but it's not something that a Jew depends on. Now, of course, the time that we're living in in, in the picture of all of history is that we're just in a little frame of all of history. And there are there are people who who who, who do embody this terrible pasuk of Ochal Vesava Vidoshin of Fona But for the most part Golis has loosened the hold of the Jewish people on this world. Not that we don't enjoy nice things, and not that we don't sometimes forget Hashem who gives us these nice things. But over the years, because of how much we've gone through in Galus, our attachment to the world is not strong. It's been weakened. The preoccupation with physical things has been purged to a large extent. I know it's hard for us to see that because of where we live and how we live. It's often hard for us to see that. But that's, on a deeper level, that's what's happened to us. On a deeper level, there has been a purging, a cleansing, a hagola, a libun, a burning away of our expecting this world to be good to us. It's just, it's something that's happened over the long years of Golas. And therefore, Rav Kook says that just like a person who, who didn't have anything and then all of a sudden he gets a lot of money. So in the beginning, in the beginning, I'm not talking about, like I said last week, one of these ball players that, that completely destroys them. They have no Kalem Bechlal. But when a person's a Balmadrega, so maybe a little bit he indulges for a little bit. I think that's what our generation, this, this generation is, is the indulging generation. There's a little, you know, when you, were, when you were impoverished and you had nothing, and all of a sudden, you know, like you hit the jackpot, so it's very, very natural that there'd be some time of uh, indulging, of being excited and indulging in, in those, in, in the newfound wealth. But it calms down. It calms down. Avala goyish and noitz legdulais. Ultimately, the nation that was created for greatness, that has been primed for greatness, will hold on to its essential character, will not lose itself in the, in the prosperity, will not lose itself in the brachas of Erezo's Chalodrash. It will be tempting, and there will be some casualties. It happens. But Rav Kook says, ultimately, the nation that was created for greatness, and again, when he says L'Gdailus here, he doesn't just mean spiritual greatness. He means to Malchus, greatness in every respect, in every way greatness, spiritual, economic, political greatness. 
And at the end, we will remain filled with the radiance of life, with life. And the nation that was created for Chochman Das, for great wisdom. Lahafitz Ora Uvina Rabba Ba'olam, that was created with the responsibility to spread forth light and wisdom, great light and wisdom throughout the world. That's our Tafkit. E Efsha Shayyichia Chaim Shal Timsum. It's not possible for the nation that was created for such greatness, for a nation that was created to, to influence, to change, to mamish change the entire world, it's impossible that we should remain forever in a life of tzimtzum, of constriction, of smallness, of pettiness. Golas, as we learned in the Maimah Hador, we was talking about that a lot in the Maimah Hador, Golas forced us forced us into a place of terrible, terrible pettiness to handle over a piece of bread uh, uh, some, uh, some apartment someplace, you know, in, in, the, in, in some, some filthy street in Poland. It, it, it led us to such a place of pettiness, of smallness. And, and, and we became small people. And small people don't need... A big life, other Rabbi, a big life can destroy small people. What Rav Cook is saying is that we weren't created to remain chalila small. We weren't created to remain petty, small, so pathetic. We were created for gedolos, for godless, for godless. See, we became over the years of godless. We became so mitzumtzum. We became so constricted. The transition from Sefer Bereshis to Sefer Shmais, that's where we are now. We're now entering into Sefer Shmais. Sefer Bereshis is really the story of great individuals. It's the story of great individuals, of great exalted individuals. But for the most part, the world was buried in in paganism and all kinds of crazy, sick things. Sefer Shmos, this, this parish of Sefer Shmos, so, of course, Rashi, Oldham of Farshim, asking, why does I have to say again, Vela Shmos, Menei Yisrael, Abayim Yitzhar, I have to say again the names. And Vayakim al-Chadash, Mitzayim Shalayadas, Yosef, and there was a new king who didn't know Yosef. And already in Parshas Vayigash, we have all the, the, we have a whole list of everybody. So we just have to say again the names, Elish Shmos Bnei Yisrael. And the Torahs of, the Torahs of of the Maral. Then later on in the Torahs, the Maral and Gvus Hashem, all Gvus Hashem, and these parshias. <laughs> and later on in the Torahs of Rav Kook and his and his son Rav Tzvi Yehuda Zecharon Levracha. See you just explaining what his father was teaching. In Sefer Shmais, we're no longer individual people. 
Yosefer Shmaiyus, we become a nation. It's the story of Am Yisrael. It's the beginning of Am Yisrael as a nation. It's the beginning of Am Yisrael. And, and therefore, Ruvain is no longer Ruvain, and Shimon is no longer just Shimon. It's something else. V'yakam Ralechadish, there's a new king. So there's a Machlaikis, Rav and Shmuel. Does it mean he was Mamish a new king? Or does it mean that just he, he changed his mind about things? <laughs> it means that until now, until now he was ruling over, over a big collection of individuals, slaves. Mixed them with some, with some great people. But now something changed. And Paro felt this. Paro felt that something, something had changed. There were no longer, there were no longer a bunch of individuals. There were no longer Golis Eden. There were just a, a bunch of individuals, each one trying to set up his own place. Something was changing. We were becoming a nation. In the beginning of Shemais, we see in that one, the word Am is used for the first time, nation. In other words, the Torah of Geula was beginning. Shmais is the beginning. It's Sefer Geula. It's called the Book of Redemption. And the Geula redemption is not to redeem Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda. Redemption is to redeem Am Yisrael. Am Yisrael, the nation of Israel. All of Golis, all of Golis, the 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 state of Am Yisrael and Golis was individual people, individual kehilas. We, we learned about this in, in, in the Maimer Hadar. Kehilas, people. Each person looking out for his own. Each city, each kehila looking out for its own. But the hergish of being part of something really, really, really big. Of being Am Yisrael. Of being a nation. A nation that's going to change the entire world. Not slaves, a people, a nation. That's the Chiddush of Sefer Shmai. So, Paro doesn't recognize the Jewish people anymore. Paro is every king. A king, as you know, is the heart of the people. And Paro felt that, Paro felt that this new nation is developing. It's not just a couple of, a couple of tribesmen, a couple of, a couple of Jews. It's the Jewish people. He saw this as a tremendous threat, a tremendous threat, and he was right. In Hitler's diary, in Hitler's writings, he has a nusach that Tzvi Yehuda used to quote. Hitler Yemachshemo said. I cannot exist in the same world with the Jewish people. And he's totally right. He's gone. He was right. He said, I cannot be in the same world as, as, the, Jewish, as the Jewish people. He didn't mean I can't live in the same world as Yankel, Beryl, and Shmerl. He meant he can't live in the same world as Am Yisrael. And he was completely right. And Paro understood that as well. That he can't, they can't be that vicious. Right, they can't be in the same, can't be in the same world. He's right. Can't be in the same world. 
So when Paro saw that Am Yisrael was beginning to change from being like a couple of from, you know, Chavra, to becoming like, whoa, something is going on. They're becoming a people. So even though the rest of his nation didn't get it, as the king, he began to feel reverberations of that. He starts to use the word nation. What kind of nation? Since one, since one, since one are a couple of schleppers, even if it's a million schleppers, that's a nation. America had such an experience in her past. Bemis, that was a nation that we had. It wasn't a, a nation. Schleppers. But when Paro, when Paro felt, as a king feels, because he is the neshama, the lave, the heart of the people, when the king be- began to feel, hold on a second, this is not just like a couple of million schleppers. He began to see, he didn't understand what was happening intellectually, but he began to sense, because he's the king, he began to sense that there are wires connecting all of these people. And all of a sudden, they're no longer millions of individuals. All of a sudden, there's this light that's shining in the world that's called Am Yisrael. We never thought that way back in, in Lublin, in Russia, <laughs> back in Tehran, back in Yemen, and Berlin. We didn't think that way. We dreamt of it and we remembered it, but we didn't, it wasn't part of our consciousness. We were living a life of Simpson, of terrible, terrible constriction. Great people, but great individuals. The Hamaynam felt very detached, but lives that were small. And therefore, it was reflected in our physical existence. It's not because of the service that we had with, with, with the Goyim who hated us. But even Hasagis, I once mentioned to you, there's a very beautiful teaching from Yitzhak Gorka, Susi Elena. The Bitsuk Vorka asked, What kind of a chesed? What could it what kind of a taiva could it was it possible for the <coughs> for the Dorha Midbar when we left Mitzrayim? So what kind of a favor could one Jew do for another Jew? The Jewish people are, are kind, are good. We have such beautiful Midas of giving and caring. But in the, in the Midbar, Hashem's book took care of everything, right? Everything was taken care of. The man, and Simloscha, and the Nanya covered. It was a Machai. So what, what was... Uh, you didn't need, you understand, you didn't need... In, in the Midbar, you didn't have to have organizations. Uh, you didn't have to have all these tzedakah organizations. There were no gemachs. And, uh, it's hard to imagine the Jewish people without gemachs. <laughs> There were no gemachs. Everything was okay. There were no tzedakahs. There was no institutions. They didn't have to imagine. There were no parlor meetings in the middle. It's hard to believe. There were no, as much as Shabbos, you didn't have to go to any parlor meeting when you were in the middle. There were no fundraisers. There were no, when Moshe Benner came to talk to you, you weren't afraid. When he saw a Jew with a beard, you weren't afraid he was coming to, to ask you for something. He was coming to give you something. It was a different world in the middle. So I bit asked, so what was the chesed, Safkosov? A Jew was a bal chesed. So I, I once told this to you. So Vizavurki said a, a, a very deep word. He always said things that were, he was malbush them in very simple ways. Vizavurki said, can you imagine there was a day like in the Midbar? And uh, Shimon is eating his piece of man. And Reuben is, is, is holding his piece of man. 
Now you know that the man would taste like anything you thought of, right? So she says, Ruvain, this Jew Ruvain, he was he was a levy. He was some shaved levy. Now you know the Levium didn't have to work; they weren't slaves. They they didn't come from that. <clears throat> so Ruvain with Shimon. Shimon had been through terrible slavery. So they were about to eat their man. Uh, Shimon's already munching on his man. And, and Reuven is about to, and, and Reuven asked Shimon, so tell me, Shimon, what are you thinking about? What do you think about? This is what Yitzhak Vorkis said. What are you thinking about when you're eating the man? So this Jew says, Ashtakal herring. A piece of herring, maybe a kichel, you know. A cracker and some herring. So Reuven, who was from Shevet Levi, who was never a slave, so he says, he says to Shimon, a piece of herring and a kichel. That's what you, that's your hasagis. So the, the, he asks himself, what do you think about? He says, I think, I think about a, a big fat piece of flanken. <laughs> you know, a big juicy piece of flanken. Whatever, kishke and some kugel. What, that's what I think about. That was the word Rebbe Tzokavorkis said. And you know what he was saying? He was saying the following. You understand what he was saying. He was saying, what are achmanis on you? You have such small hasagas. That's what you dream about, a piece of herring? You're still a slave. So now that you're free, the, big, the biggest hasagi you have is that you could eat a piece of herring whenever you like. It's such a machai. You could have a kichel whenever you like. That's your hasaga. A free person has different hasagas. A free person has hasagas of greatness. A piece of flanken is of kogel. Rabbi Tzavorka was saying, the biggest chesed, the greatest act of kindness you could perform for another Jew is to help him to re- have bigger hasagas of who he is. You understand this part? To think big. Stop thinking so small. Have big hasagas. You're a yid. What do you have these hasagas? What do you have these hasagas? What's the matter with you? What do you have these hasagas of who you are and what you could be? This, what, this is the damage that was caused us by being in Golis, in Mitzrayim. We became, we became tsarim, you know, narrow, small. We became very constricted. We became very tiny. The hasagas, the hasagas. <coughs> so you look, in a, you look in the Jewish magazine. I always say to you that if you want to see what's wrong with us, you look at the advertisements in our magazines. You get a, a taste of something there that's... That's wrong. So you'll have like uh, some food, some candy is advertising. The greatest miracle of Hanukkah <laughs> is their chocolate. Is the greatest miracle of Hanukkah, <laughs> and they have a whole thing. The greatest miracle of Hanukkah is their. Cho- they have some chocolate, so it's called the greatest miracle of Hanukkah. If it was just some cute gimmick, mail. But I don't understand how. <coughs> How a Jew could talk that way? I'm not Masik such a thing. How a Jew could talk that way? To say about a chocolate bar, the greatest milk of Hanukkah. And when I said this at home, so my kids right away started to come on, take it easy, Daddy. <laughs> oh, we get a whole big thing now. This forget it. We're going to get all drushes. It's just an advertisement, and it's just they're trying to, you know, whatever, make some kind of a, like advertisers try to do. They make, say something strong that people will look at it. And I say, I understand that. But they're not, these are from people. 
and more and more you see in the advertisements in the magazines that they're using things from Yiddishkeit in such a way, in a, in a, in a small, silly, perverse way. They, they're mixing in Yiddishkeit, they're mixing in Dvarim Elyonim Veneskovim into physical things in such, in such a pathetic way. That even the simplest Jew, ten years ago, would have looked at such a thing, would have felt revolted by it. And now everybody just turns the page of the magazine. And they say, oh, maybe I should get that shawl because it's bigger than the miracle of Hanukkah. It's, it's pretty good right now. It's pretty <laughs> to use these, these little shyness and to talk in such a way. <clears throat> that I made fun of it. The last year I said, oh, you have car services that have these names. You go to Borough Park or Williamsburg, you have car services like Netzach Yisrael or <laughs> What? MS, yeah, MS car service. You have to always be careful with MS car service. <laughs> I, take, I took them a few times. We watch out with it. Anything that's called MS. If we say Chesachel MS, then you could trust them. Because they're taking to you where you have to go. But when it says, when it says MS, it says MS, means can't you change when it says MS. MS, Netzach Yisrael. Netzach Yisrael, MS. There was a butcher shop and I remember Borough Park, my mother liked that butcher shop. I, she used to send me to always go there. Netzach Yisrael on 16th Avenue. What kind of a name is that for a piece of meat? Netzach Yisrael. Netzach Yisrael. Wow. Netzach Yisrael. Nitzchias. This is something that's forever. Netzach Yisrael. Moral Safe is called Netzach Yisrael. It's about Mashiach, you know? It's about Mashiach. This is... Okay, it's a piece of flanken. But Yitzhak Vorka was talking about flanken as a marshal. <laughs> but that's what Cook is really saying. The tzimtzum, the constriction, the smallness. The... You know that of Cook and I said tshuva, we learned that the, that, that the pnimius of tshuva is not repenting for one's sins, it's repenting for one's smallness. You remember that? It means moving from katness to godless. Because when you move into a place of godless, then the mailer's sins are disgusting. People can look back at these advertisements soon, and they're going to be very embarrassed. How embarrassed? How can we put such a thing in here? Why do we make an advertisement like this? <coughs> or the advertisements they have before Pesach, they're terrible advertisements. That now already, it's already, everything's already Pesach. Like you see already... You have to start getting rid of your chametz because if you go by the magazines, it's already Pesach because all the hotels and that, and that thing that was a, year, a few years ago, the advertising where it shows a picture of people are at home on, at Pesach and they're all angry and fighting with each other at home. And it shows them the hotel and the cartoon. And it shows the hotel, people sitting back in the hotel on a lounge chair sipping a, a drink by a pool. And the people who are at home for Pesach, it shows them fighting and angry. <laughs> I'm not saying that such a thing hasn't happened. (laughs) But a person who still has a Jewish heartbeat, in a heartbeat, would throw away all of those hotels for for five minutes, being at at your own Seder with the family in your own house. And the reason that these hotels are selling so much now, and there never was such a thing, is because there's a lot of wealth that there never was before, but there's also, unfortunately, we, we, we're back in Mitzrayim. And because I'm not talking about situations, I don't have to always give this, I always give this uh, re- 
disclaimer that obviously there's some situations where families to be able to go away with the Zaydis that they can't go and the Bubbies. I understand. But this mass, mass marketing of, of getting away from your home on Pesach, it's a simon of avdas, not of chayrus. It's a simon of slavery, not of freedom. If you already look at your life at home as being one of enslavement, and preparing for Pesach is something which is bitter, but by being in some strange place thousands of miles from your house somewhere, and having some guy bring you a, 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 a schnapps, a glass of schnapps, or a bottle of wine, you have to check to see if it's mavushla, it's any mavushla. Some guy's bringing you a bottle of wine, that's called freedom. It means that you never left Mitzray. And that's why all of this is so popular now. The mass marketing of hotels, of getting away from Pesach, is a very, very sad sign of, of something that is and he's saying that we have with the, with the wealth of the Talkum Ba'i Laila that Rav Kook is describing. But we have to be as optimistic as Rav Kook. And with all of those signs that are, that are depressing, ultimately what Rav Kook is describing, we believe in that all of this is, is mamish, all of this is superficial. It's like somebody that just got a lot of money fast and doesn't know what to do with it doesn't know what to do with the money that got fixed. It's got to build the biggest house, it's got to have the biggest vacations, it's got to have the fanciest car, and it's got to have the most clothing and so on. But afterwards, when he looks around at his toy collection, he realizes it's, nah, it's not risky. Because if a person has big hasagas, it's in Ruchnias. And in Golis, we live the life of Tzimtzum. Rav Kook says, Tzimtzum does not become the Jewish people, not physical and not spiritual. Therefore, we are supposed to have nice homes in Mitzvah and we're supposed to have the piece of flank and not the shtickel herring. Not, not to have a piece of herring. I mean, we're supposed to have hasagis even in gashmis. But in a way that it becomes and befits the Jewish people, where it doesn't bring us down, it brings us up. Where you don't confuse a piece of chalket with a pach shaman of Hanukkah. You don't make such a mistake. You remember years ago, I don't know if some of you are still from that time, are still from that time. I mean, if you were from that time, then you're, you're still from that time. It's <laughs> a funny expression. Okay, but if you remember that time, I remember how, how Ramea Kahana, Allah Shalom, how when the advertisement came out in the Jewish press of Farak, that it was the Netanya, that it was the Netanya of, uh, of what? Netanya by the sea. Netanya by the sea, Oh, how he went, how he went, he couldn't stop talking about that. It's such a, a such a hasaga to mix up Natanya with Farakaway, to make such a to make such confusion of Natanya and Farakaway. These are it's it's a symptom. This what you see in the advertisements that they do these things. And and they're only appealing to they're appealing to something that's obviously present and in, in us, this smallness, this silliness, that symptom, to have such a hasaga. You think Natanya is just a place because it's a nice beach? That's when Natanya is now it's Israel. Natanya, it's a resort. Yeah, there are people that go there to the beach. <coughs> but Natanya is now it's Israel. It's Erezovas Chaludash. It's not Farakah. Farakah is some. Farakah was good to me. I lived there for, for, for years. But that's not, I'm not saying anything against Farakah. 
any Jewish Yishuv, which is a Kibush of Eretz Yisrael, so on the way to Eretz Yisrael. But just don't get mixed up between Natanya and, and Farakwe. Uh, Farakwe is far, far away from Natanya, not just in miles, but but for a person who only sees the white sand of the beach, there's no difference. The same way you show the person looks in the advertisement and he sees there's a picture that you could be in Puerto Rico or you could be in Mexico or you could be in Spain or in Italy for Pesach and he looks at the picture and he says, this looks a lot nicer than, than my block. It looks a lot nicer than my block. So then, then <coughs> how could you compete against such a thing? So then you, all you have to do is take out your credit card and put down $85,000 or something. <laughs> and, you have the, and you have a Pesach, which is filled with disappointments and fights. <laughs> Except you paid $85,000 for the fight. Or, or for that somebody was, that you were able to have a guy to bring you your supper. And that your poor little balabusta shouldn't have, to, shouldn't have to go into the kitchen. She should be able to sit for the whole seder. So hard. So hard for the for your you love your wife too much to allow her to go into the kitchen to bring out the food. It's too hard for her to prepare for Pesach. It's too hard for the two of you to make a Pesach in the house. To to go to, to Spain to go to Italy. To give money to, to anti Semites. And, and they and they laugh at and they laugh at to Austria. And they laugh at us to to Hitler's birthplace. And they laugh at us the whole time they're going the whole time they're laughing at us. Here come the Jews with all their money to make Pesach, to make Pesach in Vienna, to make Pesach. Places that don't deserve that we should spit on them. And the Jews are running there to give them, I'm sure they have by now a Pesach program in Krakow. They don't have it in Krakow. You can go to Uspitzin for Pesach also, maybe. They'll have a Pesach in Auschwitz. They'll make Pesach in Auschwitz. They'll build a five-star hotel in Auschwitz, and there's going to be some Jew that's going to figure out a good way to market this. Go back and show and show the Polish people how we became free. He, him and they're talking in the boardroom, him and his friend. I think we can make some money off of this. And we're going to make Passover and Auschwitz special. Five-star hotel. <clears throat> Five-star hotel in Auschwitz. The Jews to go for Pesach, they could show how they could show the goyim that they're free, and they could show the the balabas how you could make a million dollars off of idiots who don't know what it means to feel the slightest shemitz of what it means to be a Jew, to be free that you're only free in your own house with your own family. When your food is in your oven, that's where you're free. You're not free when in a place where, where Jews are put into ovens. But this is what this is the tzimtzum of Golas. So the brachas of Gashmius. The brochas of Gashmias and Golas are oftentimes misused and bring us to smallness. So then you have a reaction. So then you have other Jews. You have like the, the Musaniks. So the Musaniks, they react very strongly. Their Mahalach is like this. They become anti-Gashmias. Anti-Gashmias. She'll have a girl that she'll go to some Musa seminary. And the, and the lady Musa, the Musa lady over there will say, that it's disgusting for a Jewish girl to put on makeup. It's disgusting for a Jewish girl to wear any makeup. And she comes home and her mother says, why don't you put a little bit, you know, you're already old enough to go out to be a kala, why are you putting, why are you go like that? And she says, what's the matter with you, mom? It's against the Torah to put on any makeup. It's against the Torah. So you have the other reaction. The anti-Gashmias, the anti-Gashmias world, the Musaniks, this is already anti-Gashmias. So you have the Pro-ga- not pro-Gashmius, the, 
the the meshuga with gashmias, and then you have the anti-gashmias. And that the answer is not this and not that. The answer is that Hashem wants us to be people who live erzavas chalavodrashtik, to live such a life. But it should be, it should be as elevated people, as elevated people. That's the bracha of itself. When Am Yisrael is, when we're, spo- when we're really who we're supposed to be, Am Yisrael, the Emes, then we can't live as a, we can't live a life of poverty and constriction. The whole massive in Eretz Yisrael, it's the, in, 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 the, in the world of the, of the B'nai Torah, the poverty among the B'nai Torah, and, the, and Jews coming, uh, snoring money from everybody, it's, that's the that's that's I mean, not that we shouldn't help. You have to do whatever you could do, but is that is that really what Hashem had in mind for Am Yisrael? That you can't walk into a shtibel in, in Yerushalayim and daven three words without somebody pushing his hand at you and shaking around the the shkolim? Is this the is this the Am Yisrael? What became of us? That that that. And snoring and everything is a whole. The whole country is a country of snorers. That's what that's what became of us. To snore, to beg, to come. The Bereshit wants that we should live. That we should live and We should live the right way. And we should live to, to, to be able to take care of ourselves. And not only take care of ourselves, but to be able to be mashpi in the whole world. To live a life of harchavas adas. You have people that the anti the anti Gashmias Musaniks you have in Israel that they spend ninety percent of their time talking about money, about how they don't have enough money, and they have to go now and have to write a letter to to the Uncle Sal back in the Flatbush to to make a chasna for us here in Israel because we can't make a chasna. The anti Gashmias people can't make a chasna. Oh, they want to make a chasna, and you know what? They want it to be fleshies also. But they're anti-Gashmias. So now they have to then they have to all of a sudden reach out to their pro-Gashmias relatives in Flatbush and in the five towns and say, you know, we really miss you so much. Really, you haven't spoken, you haven't, you haven't called us in 25 years. <laughs> but we really, really respect you, even though you're not really so firm and everything like that, but we really do respect <laughs> you. Uh, you know, you might recall, you might recall the bris, you remember Yankee's bris uh, 24 years ago, you were there, you remember Yankee's yeah. Well, we're making him a chasen now. So since we only thought it's fair, since you paid for the bris, you should also pay for the chasen. <laughs> so now you get a call from your relative in Eretz Yisrael. Time to make a chasen. So now all of a sudden everybody reaches out to their American brothers. This is, this is the... And we got used to this, Kilo. This is the way I'm yourself supposed to look, like this. This is the way we're supposed to live, yes. Not that I'm Khalila saying that somebody that it's a shame, God forbid, for a Jew that doesn't have a person who works in it, that their difficulties. Yes, a large family can't afford. I'm not talking about there's always when until Mashiach comes there'll be difficulties. I'm talking about the whole Mitzias, the whole system is a system that anti-Gashmias, but then we need Gashmias. So someone else is gonna give it to us. And Kumsamir, you have to pay for me. So I said, why should I pay for you? I thought you were against money. I was against money. I thought I had to make a chasen, uh, and I, need, I needed to pay for a dear for my kids. Why shouldn't I? Maybe your kid could go live in Chatzordli Lid someplace. No, my kid wants to live in Yerushalayim and Bnei Brak. Yerushalayim, Bnei Brak, that's an expensive place to live. 
It's more expensive than, than living in Farakaway. <laughs> yeah, but my kid wants to live in Yushalai. My kid wants to live in B'nai Brak. So I have to pay for your kid that wants to live in B'nai Brak. Why don't you work for that? Because I'm against Gashmias. I just want to learn. I'm against, I'm against Gashmias. So how come you're not against my Gashmias? Because you have to pay for my chasna, so you need to have Gashmias. I'm only against my Gashmias. But I'm pro your Gashmias. Because your Gashmias has to pay for my Ruchmias. <laughs> Maybe somebody would talk about this a little bit. <clears throat> this, is, this is not the Metzius that Hashem had in mind for Amir, so to be a bunch of Shnaros. And the system and the system is condemning people to life of Shnarai, to being Shnaros. That's the system is making Shnaros. That's not the Metzius of Amir, so just one second. Please. No, that's just not yet. What is it? I just want to know where does the Sacher and Zvulun fit into this piece? Your Sacher and is a very holy thing. And and your means that in a, in a in, in a small scale, whatever that means, there is there's no question that Am Yisrael has always with great pleasure and delight, with tremendous honor, taken upon ourselves with pleasure to pay for Talmud Chacham to, to be able to sit peacefully and to learn Torah. But we never, ever until 25 years ago, took upon ourselves to pay for Batlanim to walk around who are doing nothing with their lives, who come to yeshiva at 10.30, 11 o'clock in the morning and leave at 1 o'clock and spend the time in between on their cell phones. That We never, we never bargained for that. We never, ever bargained for, for a Metzius where, where there's this lie that's being sold to every single Jew that's, that's registered in yeshiva, is learning in yeshiva, and that all of Am Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael is, is, is Yisachar. It's not true. The vast majority of Jews in Eretz Yisrael are not B'nai Yisachar. There are beautiful ones that are, and there are other beautiful ones that are making believe that they are, but they're halishing to get out of yeshiva. They don't want to be there, they don't belong there. And that's what's made us into a bunch of shnaras. Because if the real B'nai Yisachar would be sitting in yeshiva, they would not only, not only would everybody else have what they need, but the B'nai Yisachar would be able to live in nice apartments, and they'd be able to have plenty of food for Shabbos, and they'd be able to make beautiful chasnas, because they deserve it, because they're sitting and learning all day. And they deserve that, and we should help them. The reason that we're not able to help them is because there are millions of imposters that are walking around that are not really learning, that are learning for an hour or two a day, and they just don't want to work. And because they don't want to work, or they, or they bought into some, some lie that says that, that, that the only Jew that's a real Jew is someone that learns all day, so now, I, now we have to pay for all these people, and because of that, the Yisosha Jews can't have what to eat, because they're now competing with all the phonies. Because they're competing with all of these people who don't want to work. Isn't is somebody? I, I'm I'm open to hearing uh, rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not saying this against any individual Jew. You're just not allowed to say this in a mixed company. Are you kidding? <laughs> this is, I don't mean you. I mean. Yeah, I understand. I forfeited my invitation to the convention a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> <I understand. clears throat> I'm okay. And I'm okay with that. But that's 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 the Matthias that we're living in. Sure, we 100%. 100%. The greatest pride to take care of a Jew that's an Erlichi that sits and learns all day, and he knows how to learn. 
And he also takes maybe an hour or two to learn with Jews who don't know how to learn. Kolakavot. He should be supported not just a little bit. He shouldn't have to worry a minute of his life about money. But don't tell me that that's what's going on. That's not what's going on. What's going on is, is such a delusion that's never been since Maisa Gracious. Such a sheker that's never been. Anybody who talks about it, they shut him up right away. They close him up right away. There's a big Rosh Hashiva in Israel. I, I, maybe I would say his name, but maybe I shouldn't say his name. He's a big, big Talmud Chacham. He's a Rosh Hashiva. And he, he said this, and they shut him down in a second. And he got called into some room someplace because afterwards he said, no, I really didn't mean it, and that's not what I was saying, and he didn't understand what I was saying. He said it. He was saying that we never, he said very simply, we never had in the history of, of Claudius so ever such a thing, this notion that everybody's supposed to be sitting and learning. It never existed. It was always that 90% plus was working, and there was a small select elite group that was learning. That's how we lived for thousands of years. He said that, but they shut him down. I, I don't know if he's still the Rosh Hashiva. I could, he's, he's a very chosh of a Chacham, and, and he got himself into trouble, big trouble. He is one of the biggest Talmudim of, of Rabbi Leib Steinemann, who's a big tzaddik of the Rosh Hashim, Rabbi Steinemann, and people were very, very angry about this. They got very, very nervous, because he's talking about us working. Do you hear what he's saying? He's talking about us working. And I had this whole trip planned to, to, to America, you know, to collect for my kailo that has four people and the three of whom don't come, which is a table in some broken-down shul someplace by the Bukharim, and, and, I call it the, and I call myself a Rosh Kailo, and I have the Kailo Oilami. It's called the, the Universal Grand Kailo. And he names it after some Eltazade of his, and he has a Kailo, and if you go see it in person, you see there are four people there. On a good day, there are four people who are sipping tea and with their heads on the Gemara. I'm exaggerating, of course, but not so much in this. There may be five people. <laughs> but this is the Metzias that we're in. So we became small over Golos. Because Golos means to take from somebody else, not to be in y- yourself. Am Yisrael. Am Yisrael is, is proud. Am Yisrael takes care of itself. Am Yisrael doesn't have to grovel by Goyim, doesn't have to go grovel one to another. From anybody. Am Yisrael is strong and proud and takes care of themselves. We don't need anybody to protect us. We don't need anybody to pay for us. We take care of ourselves. That's the Tzur of Am Yisrael. That's the true Tzur of Am Yisrael that's been tarnished over all of the long years of girl. It's been so tarnished and damaged that, that if, you, if you say the truth, then they, 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 they lock you up someplace because you're not allowed to say, to say the truth. You get caught by the thought police and be put away someplace. That's the, that's the Metzias of Am Yisrael. The Baruch of Zohar's Cholov and Tavash is one that we can live with. Prosperity and health and economy and army and wealth. Everything we can live with. But we have to make ourselves into bigger people. And honest and bigger people. Hashem Zohar should help us. We should be zeichet to see that. <coughs>